All right, welcome back to the NHS PD in the Classroom podcast. My name is Dave, and this is year two of conversations with teachers and counselors and administrators of what's happening in the school and uh, learning about each other and what we're doing in our classrooms, what we're doing in our offices, and getting to know each other and how we can better assist students, because really that's why we're here, right? Absolutely. So today I'm with Becky Pond. I'm just going to let you introduce yourself, who you are, where you're from, how long you've been at Northridge, where else you've been. Just give us a brief overview of who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, I'm a mom of seven. That's kind of a big deal. That is a big deal. I'm a grandma of four. So that that kind of is important to me. I'm an outdoor junkie. A lot of people know that about me. Some don't. So my journey, I'm I'm born and raised Davis County. Mm -hmm. So I went to high school at Woods Cross. And as a student, I... I made a goal one semester to get a 4.0. Yeah. I did. That one, one semester. Once. <laughs> I was probably more like a B student most of the time because okay. I was in theater and I was in the choir and I was in the pep club and just I I just liked to do and I loved high school. Went on to college, went to the University of Utah. I was majoring in education and I had a class, the sociology of education. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's what I like. Yeah. I want to be in school, but I want to do sociology. So I changed my major and I majored in sociology. So did you think you wanted to be a teacher at first? I thought I did. Okay. At first. And then a class changed your mind. This is a it. A class this is... changed my mind. I was like, I'm more social. I'm more into problems of the world. Sure. And um, I think my mom had an influence in that. She was, for 10 years during my junior high, high school, and early college, she was the director of a battered women's shelter. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just wanted to help people. That's awesome. So you changed majors. Did you go right into it, or did you have family commitments before yeah. going into profession, or how did you do that? Oh, I I stayed in mom mode for years. Mm-hmm. I was on the I was helping at the PTA. I was board of directors of a couple of organizations. I was just volunteering my time. Um, I got paid for a nonprofit for a time. I just was doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when my my kids were older and I decided I wanted to go back and do something, I found something that needed my degree and it was in Farmington at the um, detention center mm-hmm. and it was counseling youth and custody and they said within 90 days of hire you need to be able to take down an inmate I didn't tell my husband about that but (laughs) I sat on the job for a few months it was always available every day when I checked it was always there they said oh this job is always available so I finally got up my courage I was gonna apply my husband was okay with me taking down an inmate, just yeah. not needing to. Right, right. And so learning the skill was fine. But. So I went on to apply and it was not available. And I found a job at Northridge when I was exploring around and it said scholarship person. And mm-hmm. so I thought, I can do this. I can totally do this. So I came and I applied and it was in the counseling center, which was always my draw within education when I want... I, I loved the counseling part of it. Yeah. And I had gone to my my children's high school and said, what do you need to do to be a counselor? And they said, you need a master's degree. And I was like, okay. But I'd always wanted to go back from school. The yeah. day I got my bachelor's, I wanted to go back. Awesome. But I didn't. Years Priorities and years and, and years. In the way and, I was mom yeah. instead. So I got my job. I was here in the counseling center. It was a great team. I was teaching scholarship Wednesday classes and and it was a great experience. And then one day there was a job that posted in the district using my degree. 
six dollars more an hour and it was really helping families find resources so i went to brian hunt and he said i'll give you a good recommendation so i was at free um Fremont and Doxy Elementary. The, those schools feed into sure, us. So sure. I saw some of the same people down that there that, I had, that I'd helped their older students find scholarships. And it was amazing. I mean, I was helping students find glasses. That's real full circle. That's It was awesome. Yeah. I was there about a year and Northridge said, hey, we're losing a counselor. Why don't you come and apply? And I said, remember, I've just gone back to college <laughs> and I'm in my master program. They said, yeah, are you almost done? I was like, it's a three-year program. I've had one semester. I'm in my second semester. And they said, well, we need a part-time counselor. And so I said, okay. And when I went to Utah State to apply for the program, I said, can you be a school counselor on this program? And they said, yes, you have to get an endorsement. You have to do a practicum in a school. So I thought, yay, I've got my path. I can be that school counselor I've always wanted to be. That's not the path. Didn't work out. You can be a counselor therapist. You can't Uh, be a counselor. So I was hired to a position that I wasn't eligible to have, which was sad. I didn't know that. That's frustrating. I didn't know that. I just took, I thought I was on the path and I could do it. But in reality, it was the greatest thing because changing schedules is not my thing. Right. Having a relationship with the students was my thing and helping them on their worst day is my thing. And so now I found my thing. So I need to go back a little bit. I mean, I want to go from you found your thing and you're helping students and what that looks like, but I've got to go back to this taking down oh. <laughs> the Farmington Detention Center. Yeah. So you, you you know that that's a part of the job. All of I'm guessing all of the other requirements for that job, you're like, I got this. I can help kids in, in crisis. Give them and hope. Kids that, yeah. Yeah. But when I've got to take down a student, that was the hang up of, I don't know if I want this job. That was, I don't know if I dare tell my husband this is part of the job. <laughs> And so that's, I was like, yeah, I was kind of nervous about that part for sure. So when you come to Northridge, did that ever cross your mind that (laughs) that might be needed here at the school? It could, but no, I don't know. I've just never. It feels different. It works different. You know, you're always worried. You watch those trainings, like, you know, a shooter in the building or something, and it makes you nervous. And they say, you know, either run or fight. And yeah. So you've seen students in need from elementary school to high school. And you've helped students uh, here with scholarships and the launching of life, really. College prep, yeah. Getting ready for being adults. Is there one that you enjoyed more than the other? If if you could choose between working with elementary school and families or working in scholarships, Mm -hmm. knowing what you know now, having done both. I I loved them both. I launched myself into both. I've loved everything I've done at the district, but I think people don't know who I am and what I do. Sure. So I'm really glad I'm here now. And I think the teachers, I've had so many hats here. Yeah. They're like, okay, are you a counselor? I mean, they think I'm a counselor, but I'm not. So what, what is the job description? How, how do we sell what you do to the faculty, to the staff of the school? What is what are the top three things that you want them to know that you do? I want them to know that when they have a student that is having a really bad day, maybe they've had some grief in their family. Maybe they're having a relationship issue. Maybe they have anxiety or depression, that there's somebody here in the building that can help give them resources, strategies, tools to help them through that. Awesome. And scholarships? No. You're oh, off no. of scholarships now. So you are oh, just yeah. I am kind of crisis therapy, not therapy, yeah, I but am. therapy. Yeah. And I am a trained therapist. Okay. Yeah, I had an internship. I've had, I did my school practicum here. Mm-hmm. So while I was doing counselor duty, I was doing social worker duty. I go to meetings in the district for the, with the integrated educational therapists. Okay. 
And so I'm a trained therapist. I don't necessarily do therapy here. I more, more give strategies, sure. but I'm trained in modalities and I can yeah. help the students with what they need. How frequently are you here? What is your schedule? Like? I am now here every day. Every day, all day? I was 29 and a half hours for all of my prior years, but I said, you know, when I get that degree, I want full time. Yeah. And I have a lot of opportunities now. I could go to a hospital. I could go More back to the detention in a lot of center. Yeah. I could go all over. But my heart is at Northridge and I want to be here, but I need full time. Yeah. Yeah. And the students need full time. So when a student comes to you, what is it that they generally need? Is Can it be boiled down to just a couple of things or is there a wide spectrum of what students are dealing with right now? They are dealing with a lot, but mostly they just need to be heard to know that they matter and to be given a little bit of hope. Like there's a way through this. Yeah. So as a teacher, I mean, that is your job. That is your focus. That is what you thrive on. And when a student comes to you, you're ready to roll. You're ready to deal with whatever it is they're dealing with. But as a teacher in the middle of starting the school year, or maybe it's a new kid comes into class midterm or whatever the situation is, how does a teacher deal with a situation like that as class is starting? Like, what does a teacher do? A a student comes in and they're crying or you can tell something is off or you don't know who they are and what's going on and they're off. You can tell something is wrong. What does a teacher do? I mean, obviously reach out to you, but in the instant, what what do we do? Right. In the instant, maybe just make sure that you... I mean, it could be awkward for the student. It just depends if they want to be seen or if they're trying to get their emotions under control. If they cannot control it, I think it's okay to approach them, not just ignore it and just say, hey, you doing okay? Or or, would you like to go to the counseling center? Yeah. When a student builds a relationship with a teacher, and I can think of a couple of examples that I've experienced where a student gets comfortable and is like, okay, I trust you. How does a teacher (laughs) redirect that? How do they get that student because we're not therapists, right. we're not trained. How do we get a student to graduate to solving problems or dealing with things or just a, approach, go go see Mrs. Pond in the office? Because sometimes it's just we sit there and listen and nod. Well, there's two things. If the student will come, that would be awesome. And I would welcome that. I think bringing them and introducing them, I have had teachers do that, uh, is great. Or to notify a counselor or just to email me the name and I will call them down and I will check in. Gotcha. I can get them to talk usually, even when people say, oh, they wouldn't say anything. I don't know what's wrong, but yeah. Okay. So students need to be heard. Know that they matter. Know that they matter. What might a teacher do unintended that does the opposite of that? So as a student needs to be heard, a student is displaying signs of some sign, issue, concern, whatever. And we don't see it. We're not like... I don't know if that's a very clear question. Well, you've got a lot of people you're dealing with at one time. So it's hard to just see that. But I think just, you know, that training we've had this week, just to kind of try to help everybody feel like they are, they are, they matter and they belong. Speak up, interject if we need to, I guess. Just go ahead. And as awkward as it might be to just say something, just be willing to say something. Your office is in the counseling center, but it's the other direction of the hall from the counselors. Is there a way for, do we just send students down who we think need to see you? Uh, My favorite way is through the administration or a counselor. If a teacher notifies them, 
then the counselor sometimes can kind of help triage that a little bit and sure. say, oh, you're really concerned because your class is really hard. Well, maybe it's a level change we need to do. And so um, I really love a referral coming through them the best, but teacher They can help emails, identify what the concern is right. before they get to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I love that, but I also I love it when students self-identify that they need somebody to talk to. Sure. And so um, all of those ways are acceptable and a teacher can bring somebody down. It's just, if I'm just one person and if I'm with somebody, um, but there's a way to leave a note and I'll check in and there's a way to tell me the priority. Like this is a number one, you've got to see this person today. Sure. Or this is number two, check in this week. Yeah. Or this is number three, sometime make sure you reach out. Okay. What is it with confidentiality? What are are the processes a teacher is concerned that a student is concerned that something is going to happen, there's going to be repercussions, somebody's going to find out and get mad. What do teachers need to know when it comes to reporting whatever the issue is, whether it's concern of a student self-harm or a threat or a bully or whatever, how does a teacher go about doing that, making sure that it stays confidential? Or do we even need to worry about that? It just is confidential. We know that students don't need to worry. Okay, if I understand you right, so we keep everything confidential unless... The student says they are going to harm themselves, they want to hurt somebody else, or somebody is hurting them, or they give us permission to share. So if you bring somebody to me, they can know that their info is confidential. So even if they're reporting on somebody else, the other person might figure something out, but it's not for us. Right. And so I would... I would advise if a student came to you worried about another student, the Safe UT app. It totally is anonymous. We don't we get the information because we're in the school and we're counselors. Sure. So we will be notified there's a Safe UT tip. We have no idea who sent that. Sure. And so when we talk to the person, we truly have no idea. So that really needs to be communicated because I know we know about it, but right. when it comes to this emergency of the situation, that's not the right. first thing on our mind. We're dealing right. with it right now. Right. And that those come in really regularly and we get right on it. Do you know how fast that happens? Like if I were to report something today. There was one reported night before last at 1138 when I came in. By 7.15, it was reported to me in the morning. By 6.38, they had it reported, and I could call that mom yesterday morning. Wow. So pretty quick. So it's pretty quick. Not necessarily same day, but it could be same day. It could be same day. If it was earlier in the morning or Right. I think it would be same day. Yeah. Wow. So it's kind of been doom and gloom. What are some success things that you've experienced? What are some things where you've seen a turnaround or a success story or things seemed really despairing and bad? But eventually it just worked. They're more general probably. I my favorite thing is seeing a student come in. They're maybe they're crying, they just have a big frown on their face, life is just so heavy, and they leave and they're smiling. Yeah. I just feel like, wow, they have hope. Yeah. And then they feel like there's a relationship. There's some trust there. They know where they can come. I did have a story I taught last year in the, I reached out to the health teachers and said, I have a lesson on resilience. If you'd like me to teach, I'm willing to come. Two teachers took me up on it and I went to their classes. And then immediately after class, I had a student come down and she was just saying, okay, I, I don't like therapists and I don't trust counselors and I don't trust people. But yet she came to me and she didn't she had a big wall and by the end I learned her name I think that was the critical thing and then she came months later and I called her by name and she goes how do you 
how did you remember my name? Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of that. And I don't always remember. I'm always like, please let me remember every single 2000 sure. student name. That just makes me think about how much we're trying to hold expectations. We're trying to give students deadlines. We're trying to give them opportunities to be responsible and proactive and self managing and all of those things, but we forget, even though they can drive, even though they can right fill in the blanks with all of the stuff that they're learning how to do and they're managing their budget and they have a job and their schedule and their friends and their sleep and all the stuff that they're managing, we still need to remember that they need good job. They need, you can do this. They need the hope that sometimes we're not communicating in class. Yeah, we all need that. We all need that ego stroke. You're doing great. Don't worry about this. Yeah. You've got this. You're not alone. You know, that yeah. we sometimes I think we we can do this. I can do hard things. We can't always do hard things by ourselves. Yeah. And I've had to learn those lessons maybe just so I could teach it better. Yeah. Every time we do a conversation with a teacher or counselor, administrator, something stands out. And there are a couple of things I'm already like, this is it. This is reminding me of why I teach what I want students to get from my class that the content is important, but their value and their worth and their emotion, their state of being is just as important as the stuff that we're covering in school. Is there anything that you want teachers to know about what you do, what's happening, what you see happening in the world today, advice on how we can better help students in our classrooms? Yeah, I think um, just acknowledging that they have a, a huge life outside of school. School's important to them. It's it, it needs to be important to them. Well, sometimes it's important to them. Usually yeah. it's important. That's why they're here. But they could have a big backstory. And if you don't know what that story is, you don't understand. I mean, there are some things. A parent has cancer. They've had a death in the family. They have concerns and stresses outside of here. Relationship issues. I mean, just at the stage of life, we wouldn't want to go back and be where they're right. at. Right. And they're dealing with a lot of hard things. Sometimes their family life is really miserable. And so there's a lot of story. And those kids that have it pretty rough are usually pretty crusty and keep it pretty hidden. Yeah. And it's hard to see like oh you you're just not a a mean person you're, you're trying really to protect yourself yeah. Yeah. from life life's been rough and you don't trust people you don't think people will be nice to you yeah that's awesome so just remember every time you see a student and they're not smiling at they're not mad at you no nope. they're probably dealing with yeah. the stuff that we deal with yeah that we're having a hard time yeah, coping right, with right. uh can a teacher come and talk to you absolutely and i have had some Okay, so... And I love it. I want all of the teachers to come by and see my room. Okay. And just kind of, I appreciate them knowing that this is my role. I'm I'm a school social worker. Yeah. I'm here to help with mental health stuff. Yeah. But I'm here to, to give tools to teachers too. But my room, I transformed my room from the little closet it was. Yeah. And it's a welcoming space and it's a calming space. And just come and take a load off, take some deep breaths and okay. just relax. Vent. Yes. Complain. It's coping yes. strategies. Let it go. Breathing like strategies. Like a leaf on a stream. <laughs> That's what we teach. Just let it go. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Becky. This is awesome. Fantastic. So if we need something like that, we can come and talk to you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you.